fade in. You're listening to Let's Bogart. Please welcome your host, Daniel Williston. It's me, it's just me. Welcome, buds. You're listening to Let's Bogart, the recreational review podcast where we rate hits by fading out before we fade in. So whether you're here for the plot or the pot, we'll roll camera and roll joints and curate a pairing experience both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. Folks, buds, it's so good to have you back. I missed you. Did you miss me? That's that's very plying. I'm sorry. That's that's. There's no reason for that. <laughs> uh, no, but I did miss you. I like I like getting to do this. This is a lot of fun for me to talk about movies and talk about cannabis. This is uh, they're basically my two favorite things. So these are a few of my favorite things. When the dog smokes, when the bee smokes, when I'm smoking smokes. I oh no no this is not good. <laughs> this is not good content. Boo! I'm getting a real thumbs down from my fiance who's listening in the background. <laughs> Boo! She says. All right. Well, uh, let me tell you because uh, other than your 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 terrible terrible host, you've got some great things happening on this episode. We are talking about gauges. Orange cookies. I really like Gage. I got through. I, I tried Gage with uh, some Josh D. OG and really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so orange cookies. I got to try for the first time, and it was a delight. It's a sativa dominant. It's uh, Gage is an LP that makes uh, uh, craft buds um, and, and small batches of things. It was. Uh, it was. It was a really good smoke. I really enjoyed it. It was it was tons of fun. So uh, I think you should uh, do it too. <laughs> no, I think that's actually illegal to say. I don't know that I can actually encourage you to do it. If you are going to enjoy some cannabis, um, getting the Gage's Orange Cookies is great. They have a between a 16 and 22 percent uh, THC yield. Um, it's a tangy, fruity, and sour tasting. Uh, bud and really nice buds. We talk about it on the show. You'll hear all about it. And we watched A Clockwork Orange, the Stanley Kubrick movie uh, from 1971. It's two hours and 16 minutes long. It's been banned in a lot of places before uh, 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 getting unbanned in other places too. Um, it was released January 13th, 1972 in the UK. Um, it's a United Kingdom, United States uh, uh, co-production. And uh, uh, it, uh, it, uh, it's rated R and sometimes NC-17, or the equivalent in, in some countries. I believe it's only 14A in Canada, which I think is nuts. It's a... <laughs> A really horrible thing to have to watch so uh, uh be very cautious if you're going in to watch it but it was an interesting movie and a, a, a great movie to talk about while high because it deals with some very uh deep themes we mostly talked about the themes on this conversation with uh my amazing guest who i have uh, uh this this episode so without further ado daniel can you tell us about who we have on the podcast today 
All right, so our next guest is an actor, singer, and dancer, and choreographer who was born in Stratford and raised in Waterloo. He was a member of the Broadway Theater Project in Tampa, Florida, and is a graduate of the Sheridan College Music Theater Program. On television, you might have seen him in Overruled, King of Camp, and Hardcore Heroes, and he's worked in theaters across Canada, including, but uh, not limited to, The Neptune, The Globe and Regina, Port Hope, Drayton Festival, and The Citadel, playing wide-ranging roles like Lumiere in Beauty of the Beast, Eddie Dr. Scott in Rocky Horror Show, George in The Drowsy Chaperone, and and Lord Farquaad in Shrek the Musical, where I had the pleasure of getting to tread the boards with one of the only constant theaters in the round. (laughs) He is one of the funniest actors I've gotten to work with. He's a fantastic guy to hang out with, so please join me in welcoming to the show my good friend Ryan Brown. Ryan, how are you doing today? Good, Daniel. How are you? I'm fantastic. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, uh... Tell me about, uh, if we're being honest with people, we've already started recording and we had to go back. But Yeah, we had to go back because Ryan messed up everything. It's, it's, it, tech is a, is a nightmare right now because we're theater people. We just yeah. want a, a stage and some props and then we 100%. can tell a story to people. We, we, the microphones and the recordings. The microphones. Ah. No, it's just, it's just not my expertise. No. But greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Please give us because more technology. If anyone technological wants to sponsor us, we would love some new microphones that we could send out to each guest. So, sure, that Sennheiser. Would be, that'd be, that'd be incredible. Yep. That would be pretty great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you were you were choreographer? Tell me about that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We were talking about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was a choreographer, believe it or not. Um, one season and one season only. Uh, it was at, uh, it was between... Uh, either first and second or third year of uh, Sheridan. And I went up to the uh, Highland Summer Festival mm-hmm. and, uh, and choreographed with, with uh, Scott Denton was, was directing out there and he was a teacher at Sheridan. And he sure. brought me up to be in, the, be in both shows and also choreograph both shows. And it was really fun. Although, like I mentioned, I, it, it didn't pay great. Yeah. Uh, so I had to get that second part-time job at uh, the Foodland Ontario in Halliburton. <laughs> Um, I was the assistant manager of the uh, dairy and frozen section. And I'm not going to lie. I did get a raise. It was a week and a half later. And I got a raise. $2 raise. Because I was the only one that wasn't 13 or 85 that worked there. I actually had some sort of competence. Sure. Is there a, speaking of competence, was there a a dance move that you were most proud of uh, making everyone do in the show? Um. I don't think you could describe any of them as dance moves, but, (laughs) but, um, there was a tap part. There was a tap part and I was, that was really fun. Uh, can you believe it? I I can't even remember the name of the show. Um, but it was, um, but there was a tap section and it was really fun. It was great. Um, so obviously we did, we had a time step section because, uh, looks great, sounds great and eats up a lot of time. Yes, indeed. Certainly does. Yeah. I, I remember I am not a tapper in any oh, no? way, shape, or form. No one, no. no one looks at me and goes, that guy can tap dance. But <laughs> I remember doing White Christmas with our mutual friend, Michelle Schuster, who was on episode one of Let's Bogart. I love Schuster. Uh, and she had to teach me a time step for White Christmas because I was playing General Waverly. And she right. could not understand why I could not pick it up she she's like you know rhythm you're a musician like just totally do it with your feet 
because I'm a drummer. Like I should be yeah, able absolutely. to do you that have amazing kind of, you know, rub and rub and tap. But I there was there was nothing. There's rub nothing and to be tap. Done. They're, okay, it's not a visual medium. So <laughs> I did, I did it. It's rubbing the stomach and tapping the head at the oh, same yes, time. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, rub and tap. The old rub and tap. <laughs> the old rub and tap. <laughs> the less popular version. Yes, indeed. The much less popular version for oh. a reason. <laughs> so yeah, time step. Uh, time step. I, I'm I'm well acquainted with though. I oh yeah still probably also tap dancing especially in a big ensemble tap dancing is like from the shoulders up like oh if you, and i can do that just big smile confidence big smile armography yeah big look arms. at my hands <laughs> yes i'd rather see an ensemble of people like nail the upper body of That's tap right. dance uh well, I mean, you got to get some sounds in. Let's be real. Yeah. Otherwise, that'd be an <laughs> if it's just a cacophony of people just tapping, whatever, just, there's nothing what fun about this? that. It's art. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like if uh, 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 Philip Glass did a tap number in, in any of his stuff. Wait, who's Philip Glass? He's the guy who did uh, 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 Einstein on the Beach. What's Einstein on the Beach? Oh, it's like a it's like a f- like a five or six hour performance that's all just like repetition and like really simple uh, cho- choreographed movement with okay like sort of mind numbing music that sort of just gets repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated until oh. it all loses meaning. It's it's crazy. It's a it's oh I gotta watch that. If you were high, make sure you take an edible because it's going to have oh, to yeah. last you a long Listen, time. I don't I don't mess with edibles as much anymore <laughs> since that that experience we had in Regina. Do you oh remember? God. Yes, I do. We we took an was, edible. Oof. And we did the maybe the craziest double feature that I've ever done, which was yeah. hereditary. <laughs> We watched, <laughs> lost our minds, and then went straight from that into The Incredibles 2. <laughs> Which it was, was amazing. It was amazing. I, I vividly remember, I think one of the last things I remember in Hereditary before I went <laughs> was you looking at me going, I don't know if this is the best movie I've ever seen or the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it was very hard to tell at first. And... And I thought that girl's head popping off was going to be like the moment of the movie. No, it's like so when that's it happened the in the first, act. like yeah, like huh? <laughs> I yeah, but I remember uh, it was like a chocolate dipped Oreo, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I was I was high for a very long time. I woke up the next morning yeah. and and texted you, and you were just like, "Buddy, it's going to be good. It's going to be okay. <laughs> just eat a lot of food, drink a lot of water, yep. maybe go for a walk, and have a nap." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, okay, 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 okay." It was fine, and everything was fine then. Yeah, but yeah. But it was touch and go there when I first woke up. It was real touch and go. I was only so I glad that we did much. Incredibles two after Hereditary because if we had gone in Ooh. and just done Incredibles two and then gone into Hereditary for the second movie, that would have been. It would have been a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah, I, I remember Incredibles two. Yeah, I just remember like getting the spins, and then I was like, oh, I'm really sleepy. I got to close my eyes. And as soon as I close my eyes, I get the spins, and I woke up again, and then I. And then Incredibles 2 was on the screen. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, not for me. Not for me or not right now. Not right now. <laughs> oh, man, what a good time. Yeah, it was great. So uh, uh, this time we, uh, we got to do uh, something a little bit more controlled and a movie that's, I think, equally terrifying, but more yeah. in its oh, yeah. themes than it is in, uh, in what's 
actually going on. No one's heads popping off, which is oh, no, well, no one's heads on. popping off. Although they're like, there's got there's got to be some sort of like trigger warning at the beginning of that movie. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Like it just jumps in immediate rape, and I yeah. was like, this that was a lot. That was a yeah. lot at first, uh, and then. I don't even know if it's like if that's what the whole movie is supposed to do, but it kind of desensitizes it to you because by the end of the movie, you still witness a lot of these things, and you're just like not as shocked by it. And I'm like, well, if that ain't a message, ha! Yeah, no kidding. You know? Yeah, about like media and what what the media can do to you. Yeah, absolutely. And especially a difficult thing to take while <laughs> while under the influence, which we definitely were. Uh, we, yeah. we got to try. I got to try for the first time gauges orange cookies mm-hmm. um you said that you would try it uh, uh, a bit before the movie yeah i had tried it a couple times uh before the movie just because i wanted to see what it was like sure. um and uh, i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. it was uh it, i felt like it was very like a, a head high for me um i didn't feel it too much in the body i felt very like uh ready for like discussion ready for like like talking yeah um and uh yeah, I did find it a little harsh to smoke. I'm not going to lie. But it, it could yeah. have also just been, I just had maybe a bit of a dry batch or something. It was a little harsh, but um, but, but also very tasty. Yeah, I really like the taste too. Mine was packaged uh, uh, quite a while ago as well. So it is very yeah. dry. I think that yeah. if I had been smart, what I would have done is opened it up right away when I bought it and thrown like ah. a, a, a hydro pack in or whatever, just to totally. give it a little bit of more of a... Oof yeah yeah some body to it so that it didn't yeah. just like burn immediately and then totally it was very smoky yeah 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 so uh, but the flavor was really good it, t- yeah. it, fl- it tasted like like uh like grapefield peel you know what i mean like kind of like almost bitter but uh, sweet i yeah, found yeah, yeah. that's what i got anyway but yeah that that makes a lot of sense it's uh, uh, there's definitely like a sweet um, kind of mm. tangy, like citrusy that that, that totally it, uh, that talks about with the orange, but the mercine content in it uh, is also really earthy and bitter and totally that. So having those two, I think that's where I get that bitterness from. Yeah, yeah, and like and a sourness as well. Like there's there's quite a lot uh, going on. I think in both aroma and taste in this one. Totally, which totally. I dig. I want something a little complex every once in a while. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to uh, to yeah. Okay experiment with that and and to look for it like now that you well i've been experimenting more with with different strains like how to pinpoint those those different flavor profiles has been a lot of fun yeah one of the things that i try to do because i'm still learning about terpenes obviously it's it's constant constant education right um but one of the things i'm trying to understand is the difference between alpha beta and now delta Oh, I haven't gotten to the Delta phase, but I but I did learn a little bit Alpha and Beta, and I, that kind of confused me as well. Yeah, like because the, the Beta uh, Caryophylline and Beta Myrcene in this stuff still tastes and smells very like uh, uh, what those are, but the, the uh, Delta Limonene was in this one, and I've never seen like Delta against anything as a qualifier. Is that a sorority house? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's from Legally Blonde, sounds like right? that a little Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, you were saying, you were saying about it. Uh, just, uh, so that, that's interesting to me that, that it's, it gets that specific on the, the terpene profile that they're looking totally. for. They're like, no, nah, alpha is not the way to go with this one or something about this yeah. strain is bringing those forward. And I wonder how much of the, yeah, the citrusy uh, 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 taste because limonene like tends towards 
like uh, more of a lime or like a lemon taste than orange. Yeah, totally. And this yeah, like more sour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one's a little bit sweeter than that. Totally, totally. It was very sweet. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I yeah. Me too. It, it was yummy. Yeah, it's a sativa dominant, so that makes sense that uh, it's it's mostly in your head. But I think if you're watching a Kubrick movie, you you sort of need to be in your head because absolutely, what's going? I like didn't stop thinking the entire time. Yeah, there was parts yeah. where I had to I had to go back and rewind a little bit because I was like, I was thinking about what happened in the scene prior, and then just kind of blanked on what was yeah, you know yeah, yeah. continuing to happen. He doesn't do a lot of hand-holding, so you really need to be engaged. <laughs> totally. <Yeah>. Totally. <laughs> uh, and the color of this, I, I, really, I really dug the, the sort of the bright green of it and the yeah. bright orange pistols on it. Made me think of like, like Michelangelo in the, the Ninja Turtles, like the two of those colors Ooh, together. Totally. I yeah. thought you meant the painter. Oh, <laughs> it made me think um, about no. the painting the Sistine Chapel and and really getting in there and the yeah is God and David with the almost swords? touching. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, no, yeah, it was very pretty to look at though, mm-hmm. and I had some nice some nice big buds in there. Like there wasn't yeah wasn't too like shaky. It was it was it was pretty plump. Yeah, yeah, real real big buds. Yeah, yeah. And if you're paying, like it, it, it's a they definitely charge craft prices. So I'm mm. glad to see that they're taking the time to do that. I know that packaging times is is not necessarily up to the LPs control because For of sure. the, the legalities that uh, are, are in place right now, which are kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, you know Canada figures that out a little bit more so we can get fresher bud brought to some our fresher stuff. Yeah, yeah especially yeah. when like you, you get from some uh, suppliers. And they're like up the street from Toronto. Yeah. So why? And then you get why it was it packaged like, in August? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally ridiculous. But yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. It was. Uh, it says it's between sixteen and twenty-two percent THC. Mine was at like I think nineteen point something. Oh, nice. So, Mine's at sixteen point four. Oh shit. Nineteen. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I grabbed, uh, grabbed some of that old batch yeah good 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 yeah so if um, you're if you're buying it yeah definitely definitely know that uh, dryness is a is a problem for them so uh yeah. make sure to maybe pick up a yeah one of those hydro packs or whatever and throw that in with it totally those are so handy yeah, yeah yeah when you're done with your beef jerky just take it out of that <laughs> Absolutely. and put it into your container <laughs> <laughs> the, the the taste of this one was really teriyaki in flavor yeah, I, it was yeah. a very strange profile <laughs> I want to say like peppered steak, but I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Well, that's we're coming up on the end of this first segment, and that means okay, it's time go. for our first game. Uh, oh, I love games. I love games too. This is a game called In It to Minute. In It to Minute. In It to Minute. That's the game where you, the guest, have to explain the <laughs> events that take place in the movie that we watched, which is. A Clockwork Orange. A Clockwork Orange. We're looking for a beginning, oh. a middle, and an end, but you've only got 60 seconds to do it. So I wish okay. you all the luck in the world. Okay, um, thanks, man. But I think you're going to be great. Are I you ready? So. I'm so ready. All right, go! Okay, so uh, it's about a gang, um, and they go to this place. It's a milk bar, and they get high off of drinking milk. Sure. So then they get high, they go out, and they do these crazy stuff, like beat up an uh, Irish homeless dude. They... Um, break into this couple's house. Oh no, they break up a gang that's trying to rape a girl, mm. but then 
So I'm like, okay, are they good guys or the vigilantes? But then they break into another couple's house and they tie him up and rape her. And then she dies later. So like, not good guys. No. Uh, then they go try to break into this other woman's house. And uh, he gets in. He kills her with a big statue of a dick. And then his friends set him up. So then he goes seconds. to jail. Oh my gosh. But then, oh my God, no. And then, and then um, he goes to a treatment center and he opens his eyes real big. And then he hates Beethoven now. And then he goes to kill people. But then he has an accident. He jumps out of a window. And then he comes back to life. And then the government like sides with him. And they're like, if you don't tell us what they did, then we won't, uh, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Okay, that was way too specific at the beginning. There was so much more in there. That's the trap that everyone falls into, just trying to describe the first act and then you're in trouble because you got a whole bunch of Yeah, because well, the setup's important, right? It super is. It super is. Yeah. All right. Um, well, but also the ending's important, and I breezed through that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get to the ending, uh, but we're going to figure out what we thought about A Clockwork Orange right here on Let's Bogart with Ryan Brown. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Thanks for tuning into the conversation right now, buds. Uh, We're just going to interrupt for a quick second to tell you a little bit about an organization that we here at Let's Bogart think is worth paying attention to. The Ontario Alliance to End Homelessness, or OAEH, is a network of communities, agencies, and individuals dedicated to preventing and ending homelessness in Ontario. What they do is the bringing together of civil society, sectoral leaders, and persons with lived experience in a collective voice on the prevention and ending of homelessness in Ontario. They also work in advocacy, uh, identifying and mobilizing systemic right to housing challenges, research on the systemic and ongoing housing precarity and homelessness issues, and community initiatives, and expanding the impact of OAEH. The Ontario Alliance to End Homelessness exists to bring together locally driven homelessness groups into one united voice on homelessness in Ontario. Anyone may sign up as a partner to receive email updates. OAEH provides a convenient source for regular updates on pressing policy developments and in in housing and homelessness. So if you want to get involved, you want to find out what's going on, you can add your voice to the conversation. All you have to do is go to oaeh.ca or reach out by email at info at oaeh.ca on Twitter at ohomelessness. That's O and then an H and then homelessness. Or by phone at 705-725-2228. Or visit that website one more time. It is oaeh.ca, the Ontario Alliance to End Homelessness. Let's get involved with our communities and uh, the organizations that are trying to take care of our most vulnerable. Well, thanks for tuning into the, the show. And now back to the conversation. And here we are. We're back. So Ryan Whoa. Brown, what did you think about A Clockwork Orange? Whoa. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it has some themes. Yeah. Um, and it is, uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I'll, I'll say it wasn't my uh, favorite movie. Um, I'm very happy I saw it because it is, uh, quote unquote, a classic. Um, I would be so super I, I, worried about anyone who came to me and were like, my all time favorite movie is A Clockwork <laughs> Orange. I watch it every Friday. So, every Friday with a nice bottle of wine or something. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, good. Obviously good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's very uncomfortable yeah. the, the whole time. Um, you know, also at the beginning when I was tro- totally trying to figure out, like, are these guys good yeah. guys or bad guys? Like, I knew 
they were a gang of sorts, but I also, I also thought at first maybe they were kind of vigilantes because they break up that one scene where yeah. the gang is trying to like rape a girl and they break them up. And I'm like, oh, okay, so they're out like trying to do justice. But then I'm like, no, these guys are just crazy. Just Yeah, they just, just like the violence. That's all the, the only thing yeah, they're after. They're just addicted to violence. Yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then he goes to jail. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to fancy jail after yeah. that because and it's a full treatment center. Um, which I guess they're trying to touch on the topic of like rehabilitation and, and, um, what's that treatment called where they Uh, they show you images over and over and over again, uh, you know, try to desensitize them to it or, or to make, and they had, you know, they take that, that medicine that was basically poison to try to make him feel sick every time he feels a reaction towards sex or violence or anything. It's like, like Pavlov, except with a human being which is 100 yeah, yeah totally and instead of like like sitting and getting a treat like a good dog we're talking about like killing people yeah yeah it's a it's, it's a, dark it's really dark and, and i didn't know what this movie was about at all by the way oh For really you had gone I, in completely blind i got in completely blind and i i had no idea and to be honest i thought it was gonna i definitely i mean it's stanley kubrick so i knew it was going to be yeah. you know somewhat of yeah, like his movies. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I wasn't aware that the, the theme was so dark. So I was like, at one point I was like, I don't know if I should be high right now. <laughs> <laughs> but but it did. But it did definitely. Uh, yeah. When, once I got through the whole film, I we, we talked about it a lot in the living room after we finished watching it. Yeah. Um, I got Christine. She she smoked up with me as well. And mm-hmm. and um, yeah, there, there's some definitely serious themes. And I, I, I think that it's a little bit too much from a. Uh, a male's point of view. Well, that's there, yeah. That's the thing. There's that, zero female um, point of view. Point of view. Yeah. At all. Zero. The mother is just like a simpering idiot, and yeah, the women are all sexualized or they're just objects. Figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they're used as objects in the movie. Sorry, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the only real female character that had any sort of authority was. Uh, the psychologist at the end. Yeah. But even she was just kind of a front for the, for the government. Like she exactly. did, she was just also just a like stooge. a kind of an object that was being used by the government. So it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which, uh, Stanley Kubrick, I, I don't know that his, uh, he was very attuned to, uh, uh gender politics at all. Like, totally. I think you like, probably go ahead and say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the interesting thing that I found too watching it, cause I, I watched this movie way too young and did not oh, understand okay. any of the themes or whatever, but I did know that like, it was very violent and it was very yes. awful and there was rape and there was all these awful things. Um, but the thing that really floored me this time in, in, in that was uh, the fact that the violence is really performative and very like like the even the fight that they have with the gang at the beginning it's more like yeah. Looney Tunes than it is like like totally. a horror movie or whatever like it's not it's true it's like it's very real but also at the same time you're like this isn't this isn't real no like people are like flying out of windows and people are <laughs> totally. smashing like chairs on people and like yeah. it's all very uh like theatrical almost very theatrical i was thinking of like stage fighting almost sure exactly yeah and there's like like they have full misses where they like throw a punch and the person obviously didn't get hit but they react like they were totally like, like full and, batman like kapow 
Yeah, and yeah. for a guy who's known for doing multiple takes to make sure everything is perfect, that feels like a choice that you're making. It definitely does, yeah. It almost felt like, yeah, like a like an amateur theater production. Almost. That's right. Yeah. But when it comes to the rape of these women, that is like not done for real but it the the nudity is real these women are yeah. actually being stripped down and like manhandled and thrown around and yeah it's like, very that part's real that part's graphic yeah and so there's a difference there there's a there's a there's a desire to make something uh, uh the violence more palatable and the um the the rape not uh, totally which is yeah I, I don't like might be said like well because you want to really show the the uh how the uh uh the knocking i don't know who it is sorry we just got a knock on our door and it's that's okay very disturbing in these in these <laughs> days who is it oh okay if it's a guy with a hat and eyelashes, don't, don't open the door. <laughs> don't open the door. Don't let them use we were the in phone. We're in a car accident. My friend is bleeding in the street. Please help. Which they keep using. And I did go like, well, if somebody did come to the door and you did feel like maybe this is an emergency, why wouldn't you just be like, I'll call the ambulance for you? Yeah, yeah. Where you is there. your friend? I'll, I'll yeah. call 911 for you. Like, yeah. I don't have to. Yeah, totally. I mean, whatever. But yeah, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm doing a podcast. I live in a one-bedroom apartment, so this is this is yeah, exactly, <laughs> absolutely. This so, is 21, 2021, baby. Yeah. So yeah, I would have like. I mean, there there's an insensitivity there to what, um, what rape is and how uh, I think uh, uh, gendered uh, violence is enacted in this totally. movie versus what other act other uh violence that is done yeah absolutely the um i mean the, all the violence is coming from from male figures in the yes. movie yeah. yeah definitely um yeah well and in how what they're deciding how they're deciding to shoot it too like what kubrick is deciding to focus on and how he's deciding to just stage all these things which i think is absolutely today wouldn't fly i, I think in 1973 no. you could get away with that a bit more maybe totally i actually read an interview by uh roger Ebert, um who had never seen the movie and he watched it like not too long ago like within i can't remember when, when the interview was from it's within sure. the last like five or ten years yeah and uh and he was like i was sitting down to watch this classic and he was like i just this is just a a a dude like a man movie with weird camera angles <laughs> you know but it, but the camera angles were very cool but yeah. i i found that a lot of the scenes too were very talky yeah very very yeah a lot of talking um some scenes like i almost say like borderline like like not boring but like there were some there were some scenes where like the whole abbott and costello bit with the jail guards like yeah. i thought it was kind of interesting, but at the same time, I was like, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel uh, right in that movie. It felt out of place, which also could have been maybe what he was going for, like the constantly keeping you uncomfortable and like on your edge, like the release of tension and the build of tension. Like, yeah, what's going on? You know what I mean? Maybe that was totally part of it. And there's certainly not a lot of releases of tension at all in this movie. No, like, it's, it, it's, it's an uphill 
horrible to watch your protagonist go do the things that the protagonist wants to be doing it's horrible to watch then what gets done to the protagonist and then it's horrible watching the consequences to all of that horribleness happen yeah at all absolutely and almost and like you almost don't every time you want to root for somebody you realize oh crap they're they're pieces of shit too i hate them yeah, yeah like i they, you don't really root for anybody there's no hero of the movie so i'm just right. kind of like it's it's hard to find not saying i'm a hero but it's hard <laughs> to find something to relate to you know what i mean you want to be yeah. the good guy yeah obviously when you're watching a movie yeah you certainly um, don't want to identify with malcolm mcdowell in this film <laughs> no <laughs> no absolutely not oh man oh man but yeah but uh but i am very happy i watched it yeah um because I think it's important. I think it's like a, it's a piece of film history. And I mean, it was banned in a lot of countries too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it, it was, uh, they really had to fight to get the, the R rating because it was NC-17 and kept coming back NC-17 uh, a lot. Uh, right. Uh, which, you know, 1973, of course, uh, there's not a lot of Makes movies sense. like this being made. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that it, I'm, I, I struggle to think of another movie that, deals with the the problems inherent with the prison system that we have for Uh, criminality in our society i feel like this is a real pop culture touchstone in talking about the value of freedom of choice the value Mm -hmm. of people being able to decide to do good or evil and totally taking that away from them is uh uh through these types of means through torture using like i think about guantanamo and i think about all of the 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 the, like even shows like 24 that were built on the idea of well yes it's not right to torture this guy or waterboard this guy here but he's the only one who knows where the nuclear weapon in the middle of new jersey is so what are we supposed to do it's like the the yeah the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few kind of thing right. right Yeah. yeah um yeah totally looking at like rehabilitation in general like what what methods like how far will you go to be uh immoral to get like what what's the balance right like of yeah. like okay it's effective but it's also awful so like where's that where's that line of of trying to find the best possible outcome yeah and the idea of violence like the the kind of young um male uh, uh, reactive violence uh, for fun yeah. that he were uh, that he employs when he's uh, free, versus the clinical, um, uh, medical, medically induced torture of what he, he is being done to him to try to cure him for their own political means. Totally, like what I think. It must be the idea is what is the difference between these two? If this kid yeah. is doing this for fun and torturing people, and then these people are doing it for science or for the good of, you know, it isn't that still torturing a human being? And don't it's we still bad? Yeah, that? just yeah. I mean, obviously the person that they're only taking from a pool of people who have already committed a crime that have already given up some of their rights, sure. right? But. Uh, but yeah, to what point is it like just because it's for science and it's for rehabilitation? Yeah, it, does it still make it right, or is the best thing what we have right now is we just throw people in jail forever until? Yeah. But also, that's I feel like that's not 
effective uh, clearly not effective yeah and explored um, a little bit in this like he he doesn't spend a lot of time in the like the actual jail before he yeah. gets into the treatment or whatever but the whole time it's just a bunch of like bigger guys than him winking at him and the the priest totally. seems to have a a a, a, a sort of psychosexual uh, uh, connection with him and his absolutely uh, before his uh, 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 oh, his parole, parole officer yeah grabs <sighs> his dick in that in that yeah scene in that scene in a really violent way on? like so I think the idea is that he's a product of his environment as much as totally. he is you know a, a psychopath himself yeah um, and yeah I guess like if you're gonna be sorry go ahead no no you go ahead I was gonna say if you're going to be you know if you're going to go through that kind of torture in jail with the other inmates, uh, maybe if you're already going to go through that torture, maybe it is more effective to have it done. So at least there's a possible cure. Yeah. Quote well, unquote, cure. You can understand. I think you can totally get why he would want to volunteer for the program, not knowing what oh, the program sure. is and what it's going to do yeah. to him and, and everything. Not, not being, Oh, the first couple of days he's just like lying in bed, getting some medicine, sure. eating, drinking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And being treated as special, which is, I think, part totally. of it, right? He wants to, he wants to be the leader of this group. He doesn't want to just be one member of the group in his gang yeah. at the beginning. He um, wants to be treated uh, independently by his parents. Like he wants to be able to not go to school when he doesn't feel like it. He wants to be totally. in charge, uh, yeah. which is an interesting character. Then to then experiment on with let's take all control away from him he can't even yeah. control his own body when he experiences these violent or sexual uh, uh totally uh, input yeah absolutely and then to go back to the to the family that he wanted really nothing to do with and now he goes back and now they don't want anything to do with him and all of a sudden having that turned on him and his reaction to that yeah and the weirdness, too, of I think that there is something telling about having the dad be so, like, kind of fumbly and scared and mm -hmm. terrified of the son because that's such a, a, a digression from the machoistic, male, violent uh, uh, thing. There's something, I think, really telling about how male-centered the story is. To, totally. That he's choosing to... Um, to make uh, the authority figures uh, uh, sexually violent towards him, and then other male figures uh, very easily dominated, even his own father. Yeah, yeah, like you're just a product of your environment at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting too that the because I mean that was like the movie's like 50 years old, yeah. so to have I I I almost like recognize those kind of parent attributes more so now than I would have imagined them like in the 70s. Sure. Uh, just parents trying to be friends with their kids more now than than I feel like in my when I was growing up. Yeah, um, I can only speak for myself. But um, so to have those parents that are kind of like scared of their kids, like just want them to be, oh no, it's okay, you you do you and you be happy, um, is kind of more indicative of what what life is now in my experience of like sure. just seeing parents around kids. Well, and also the difference in how uh, what we were experiencing in North America. 
um, in the seventies versus what they were experiencing in the UK, like because right. the the forties had happened and then the fifties and sixties were a very different place to be, and they were very like, you know having to deal with all of the 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 scrounging and the the hunger and the uh, yeah. uh, uh, picking all up all the pieces of that. I think that there is a very like not knowing what to do, like that the homeless guy that they beat up in the first. Uh, oh yeah. First moment is still homeless much later, and then there's a whole gang of homeless people, and I think yeah. that, that shows the disparity even between this sort of middle class psychopath, the higher class people who are using him for their own political means, and then who else is being forgotten and left totally uh, put aside in the society. Yeah, yeah. Having those different classes is yeah, definitely well. And the police too, having his his friends who were were gang members and were bullies and used violence against people end up being the cops that then torture him. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that yeah, was that's another thing that today rings very like. Oh yeah, that's right. <sighs> who are we yeah. employing to be the, the the keepers of the peace? Absolutely, I know. I have. I won't say who, but I know someone who who said the only reason why they became a cop when they were nineteen is because they got a gun yeah that's years ago like long time ago like that but but still that's yeah interesting yeah who who are we employing to do those kind of things and the funny that not funny but like the the uh, strange dichotomy of looking at this one guy who got caught and how his life ended up going through the penal system and these other two guys who yes were followers uh but Mm -hmm. just didn't get caught doing the same things that he was doing and they're on the other side of the law and just and having that connective tissue i think like is is good for your story to be able to then tell the the depths of where this guy falls uh because of the decisions that he's made and the decisions that have been made for him but then also yeah connecting the 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 bullies of life (laughs) to both like this is how far they can fall and this is where they can succeed totally and how different are they really yeah 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 Yeah. cut from the same cloth oh it's dark yeah everything is dark usually when i get dark yes yeah usually when i get stoned i watch pineapple express (laughs) so this was (laughs) this is a bit of a lane change (laughs) it certainly was do you have any other do you do you have a favorite Kubrick movie? Um to be honest, I I, I don't think I do. It's never yeah. really been a director that I've really like um uh watched a lot of his of his work. Um Yeah. I don't I don't think I do. I've really But this one I, probably isn't it. <laughs> no, no. This yeah. one I, I watched when I was a teenager and I watched it for this and I I think there's i'm getting to the age now where i'm starting to say oh this might be the last time that i watch this movie like there's movies that i've seen that i'm like i'm glad that i saw them but in the rest of my lifetime i don't think i need to give another two hours to this no i think i it it did what it needed to do and and i saw it and i'm glad i did so that i can talk about it if someone ever wants to talk about it but but um yeah yeah i think i think this one's going back on the shelf yeah Yeah. for a while I, th- th- whereas The Shining and Doctor oh, Strangelove, yeah, I, the Shining. I love right. The Shining. Yeah, I can yes. watch that a lot more times. And Doctor Strangelove, <laughs> definitely. There's something about having in Doctor Strangelove Peter Sellers and the madcap comedy of it all. It's still right. dealing with 
I think something equally as dark as the prison system is is that the idea of nuclear holocaust is a brutally dark thing to think about. Absolutely. But if you have Peter Sellers playing multiple parts and you have all these really great comic actors delivering these yeah. incredible comic performances, I think it makes it a lot more easy to digest. Totally, a little more one. forgiving. Yeah. There's a yeah, lot absolutely. of gristle in this movie that I'm like, I Well, there then there's that that release and build of tension right That's throughout right. the whole thing which which is nice to have. Yeah, and when you start noticing it when you don't get it suddenly in a movie. <laughs> You don't, yeah, all of a sudden it's gone completely and you're just waiting. And then all of a sudden things that are really dark, you're like, is this it? Like, am I supposed to laugh at this? But yeah, that feels yeah. wrong. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was interesting. It was a ride. Yeah, yeah. And the idea of, of morality as, as being connected to choice, I think, is a very Catholic idea or very Christian religion, religious mm-hmm. idea of the, the idea of being given choice as a way of uh, finding divinity i know like growing up catholic i grew up catholic too oh did okay so jesus choosing to go on the cross and die like he could have come off at any time but he doesn't do that is the thing that people say is the reason that everyone gets saved and and you know he's able to right. be the son of god and fulfill that destiny is because he chooses it he could walk away but he doesn't right yeah and the yeah you have to make that in the idea that you have to make that choice and i that there's only two choices it's not that's like right. it's either like a wrong choice and a, and a right choice right. i've never really agreed with like that. i mean come on that's a spectrum yeah there's yeah. lots of wheel room in there yeah. Although in, in this one, if you're talking about like, did he make, did, does he make the right choice in any of these situations that he's in? Obviously not. Like, no, raping people yeah. is always wrong. Beating yeah. People. Like if you had just had that glass of milk and yeah. then just enjoyed your trip at the bar. Oh, dude. And then went home. You got to wear Granted, your cool little costumes and go for walks and. Totally. Oh, man. Granted, that would be a very boring movie, but. <laughs> But better life choices for this character for yeah. sure. Um, I loved I loved the the uh, the music in this movie it was awesome. It was yes a bunch of classical music that uh, uh, oh what's the composer's name? She Beethoven. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Beethoven gets used, but the but. the actual person who who they hired to do the the um, uh, the uh, what do you call it the the score the score. Oh, where is it? I'm looking it up on IMDb it right now, and it's not even. It's not even. It's scar. It, it it did scar. Um, singing in the rain a little bit for me. Oh yeah, I can't think of that song anymore ever. Again, <sighs> that was that's that. tough. Yeah, and that was one of my favorite old musicals. So that yeah, that's yeah. that's rough. Um, Which is also I, I read the thing that happens in the thing. Right, he he loves Beethoven, and they're playing Beethoven while they're showing him the stuff, and suddenly he's totally his mind is uh, 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 now tortured anytime he hears Beethoven. Whoa! I never even thought of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking this like such innocent, lovely song that that who doesn't like singing in the rain? Sure. And then using it, and and so we have that direct comparison with that character. Yeah, yeah I never yeah. even thought of that. That's wild. There's also a, a my my fiance Kristen pointed out while we were watching it that the technique that they say they're using to try to cure uh, uh, the the guy is the uh, Ludovic technique. Oh which yes, Ludwig van Beethoven. Is sort of Whoa. like yeah yeah yeah. She made that yeah. connection, which was really I thought smart. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a fun one. <laughs> yeah, choice by way of if there was 
Is there anything in your life that... Because they have, like, hypnotism and stuff for, like, to stop yourself from smoking cigarettes oh, yeah, right. or or whatever else. So is there anything in your life that you would want someone to, like, take away? Like, take away my urge to do this. Oh, where do I start? <laughs> um, I would love someone to take away uh, the urge to... Like, just, I just eat all the time. Sure. I feel like I just constantly eat. And I would love the idea to someone to take away the or sugar. I think sugar is yeah, a good one. Yeah, sugar. You know, just stick with the healthy stuff. Get rid of the sugar. If someone, if I got rid of the urge to have sugar, that would be, that would be wonderful. That would be nice. Um, yeah, maybe like laughing in uncomfortable situations. <laughs> I do that. I don't know if that's curable. Uh, <laughs> if you know, hit us up. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, like laughing in uncomfortable situations, mm -hmm. like, i.e., like funerals or, you know, yeah. just, but also comedy, like, is, comedy can be dark. And so, like, when something, when something funny happens in a funny situation, it's funny. When something funny happens in a dark situation, like, it's way funnier. It's so funny. Like, I'd like to tell a story about my, my grandfather's funeral. Okay. Um, uh, he was a veteran mm -hmm. and, uh, he, we had the ceremony in London where, mm -hmm. where they lived and there's a, a group of veterans that come around to veterans funerals sure. and, uh, and they play, um, uh, a, a recording of bagpipes and they do a reading and the salute and everything. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's really lovely. Um, and we're, <laughs> so me and my uh, girlfriend, Christine were there and there's this man holding a, like a, a flagpole and there was a little arch over the casket and he kept like hitting it because he would like stand up straight and hit it and then he, and then he would like step forward a little bit and then he'd like kind of get relaxed and then hit it again and, and then he'd step forward again and this was happening right in front of us like every 30 seconds or so oh, no. not to mention the entire time the bagpipes recording was playing it was like an old cassette so it was like which is pretty good by the way that was a that was great a very impression good, that was a good, very good voice. um so this is all happening and and so it's obviously this very dark situation. My grandma's sitting in front of me crying and, yeah. and this is happening. And it's like, how do you, not, how, do you not, how do you not find the comedy in this? And just like, it's, and the more you're not supposed to laugh, obviously the more you laugh, the more you laugh. Um, I'd love someone to take that away, but maybe not actually. Cause I mean, cause doesn't that help? Isn't that like a survival technique in your mind? Like totally. it's a way of, finding that release that we were talking about when, yeah, absolutely. when bad things happen when when dark it's a things coping are going mechanism on. or that's right yeah definitely so if you don't have that where does your mind go Oof. yeah yeah okay never mind if you know how to cure that don't hit us up don't hit us up but sugar <laughs> uh, definitely let us know but sugar though i can i can I handle the lack of sugar <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, well, this brings us to the end of our uh, 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 segment that we have right now, which means it's time for another game. You ready for this one? Oh, yes, I'm so ready for games. I love it. This game is a little game that we like to call Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. Or Blaze of Glory. Blaze of Glory. I love both titles so i'm gonna figure it out one of these days oh you're still switching you're still going I'm still back and forth switching back and forth yeah i love i love both of them so i'm what if it's like a colon like what if it's like uh reefer madness colon blaze of colon glory. blaze of glory and they're like not related that. at all there's nothing to like they don't have anything to do with each other but it's kind of fun reefer madness. 
Yes. I remember playing movie game. Chris and I play movie games all the time where you have to remember titles of movies that actors have been in or whatever. Oh, and she you're got, amazing at that, by the way. Oh, I love that. That's my favorite game to play. <sighs> Blows me uh, away. But Kristen uh, came up with, uh, oh, Batman v Superman. And I was like, you have to do the full title. I was like, what's the colon? She's like, there's oh. a colon in that? Is there a colon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Batman yeah. Batman v Superman. Oh, oh, the, like the newer one with uh, Henry with Cavill. Henry and, Cavill and Ben and Affleck. Ben yeah. Affleck, right. Uh, I don't know. What is it? It's Dawn of Justice. Of course really it is. Why, of course. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Dawn of Justice. Duh. Obviously. I love colons. <laughs> I, I think that's a. Uh, I, think I like a colon great. too. I think they're. I think they're funny. I think everyone should uh, get their colons checked every now and again. I think it's, definitely. I think every- or your semicolons. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Blaze of Glory. Ryan, are you oh, yeah. a sativa diva, an Indicana Jones, a hybrid or dibrid, or an omnivore de bomnivore? What's that one? But I'm Sativa, I think. But what is that one? Omnivore, Debomnivore. I love the name. It's. Uh, I think it just means you you try everything. Oh, you like you like hybrids for this. You like Indicas for that. You like Sativas for this. But you're gotcha. Omnivore. Like I am a Sativa Sativa Diva. I think sativa diva. for the most part. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, favorite movie featuring cannabis? I have to go with Pineapple Express. It's a really good it one, is. eh? It is a classic. It is so funny yeah. for the for the scene alone where he puts his foot through the windshield, <laughs> and then and then he's like, "I can't see," and then he's like, "Wait, I can see on my leg hole." Like that, <laughs> it just it knocks me over every time. I love that one. I love it so much, and I loved. I, it was the first time that I saw uh, uh, like a Seth Rogen movie where I was like, the action in this is really well staged. Like they, really, oh yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the all all the fighting, all the explosions, yeah. like it's a full action movie. Yeah, action stoner, action stoner movie. There's got to be it's more of thing. those. You got to come. Got to be way more. All right, a fictional or real person you'd most want to smoke with? Um, I was thinking hard about this. I think um, I think either Jonah Hill uh-huh. or or Paul Rudd. I think would be very fun to get high with. I bet you. I've seen a couple too. interviews where he was where he was stoned during like the whole like avengers thing and uh-huh. and he just seems like a delight <laughs> do you see his hot ones that he did oh so good oh that I, he was so now. stoic he was very stoic like he really nailed it yeah yeah, yeah. um i got da bomb for christmas by the way did you um like the third the third last uh-huh. one i haven't tried it yet because <sighs> like i'm terror i'm just straight up terrified yeah, um yeah. but uh, uh christine's sister caitlin uh who lives with us she uh-huh. um uh she got it for kind of for the apartment sure. for christmas so we're gonna have a big like chicken wing night oh, i guess amazing. and uh also by the way if you know the chicken wings if anybody's listening who knows the chicken wings that um kristen bell had that were like the vegan chicken wings because i don't even eat but the vegan chicken wings that have like the but they have like a, a fake bone in the middle so it's like very chicken wingy not oh, just like a weird nugget that's cool if you know what it is yeah i'd like to know because i've been looking it up i can't find it Email us here at let's bogart uh, at, 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 at what is it? Let's bogart at gmail.com and we'll make we sure go. to pass that information along to Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> that sounds great. A fictional or real place you'd most want to smoke? Ooh. Um, um, fictional or real place? Oh my gosh. I think I'd have to go with fictional because that's just like, why not? Why not? And, um, like westeros Ooh, i don't know with I who would be fun who would you smoke with Tyrion? 
Tyrion, come on, that'd oh, be a blast. Come on, that would be fun. Absolutely. <laughs> also, Jon Snow, like, calm, like relax, dude. Yeah, relax. Take the it's, world off your shoulders for a second. And smoke this. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I know you were killed by your own guys, but like, relax. <laughs> hey, come on, man. Let it go. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Let it go. You're alive again. Let it go. <laughs> uh, movie that would be improved if only the characters were smoking cannabis. <laughs> um, like driving Miss Daisy. I don't know why that was the first thing that popped into my head. I feel like Morgan Freeman's perma high. That guy's got a totally ton of weed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Miss Daisy, I'm going with that answer. I'm sticking. Mm -hmm. I'm sticking with that answer. I love that. Um, And can you make the sound of your favorite consumption method? Oh yeah. Amazing. We're going to be right back. We're going to talk about whether we puff or pass on a clockwork orange right here on Let's Bogart with Ryan Brown. Don't go anywhere. Hey, buds. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to talk to you about something that we find really important over here at Let's Bogart, and that is Toronto Prisoners' Rights Project. Uh, I'm just going to read from their website right now. Uh, On December 17th, 33 prisoners at the Toronto South Detention Centre started a hunger strike. This hunger strike was a direct response to the announcement that the number of prisoners testing positive for COVID-19 had increased to 54 at that point and is now up to 61. The prisoners started this hunger strike have escalated their actions because of the prison's response to this pandemic. Excessive lockdowns have only gotten worse. There's no access to cleaning supplies, clean laundry, phone calls, visits, or personal protective equipment. Many prisoners haven't been able to shower in days and have no access to fresh air. The protocols at the Toronto South Detention Centre have been insufficient at best, with guards only being screened through temperature checks. To make matters worse, the guards on their range at some point told them that they have been in contact with someone who has tested positive, but refused to let them know who it was, an example of how this pandemic is being used to further cruel and unusual punishment. One of the correctional officers on their range tested positive. The jail has started to use their droplet precautions, treating the entire range as if they have the virus, and now prisoners on the range are being neglected. The situation at the Toronto South Detention Centre only continues to worsen with the outbreaks and despite growing public attention. So we need more public attention on this. Uh, This is all available at torontoprisonersrightsproject.org. They're an organization that is, uh, uh, first of all, just raising awareness of this uh, really, really horrible uh, uh, situation that's going on right now there. And uh, it also includes a, a petition that you can sign that uh, tries to get uh, more awareness on it, more pressure on officials to be able to uh, uh, react to this. Prisoners are still people. Uh, We have created this system of governance where we, uh, when someone does something that is illegal, we put them away in these places, and the pandemic has raged through all of our cities and is at an all-time high right now here in Ontario. So there's no reason uh, that we need to leave people out in the lurch because of it. So please visit torontoprisonersrightsproject.org, sign the petition, and find out how you can get involved in uh, what is a really important thing to be uh, uh, talking about and uh, figuring out because we can't let people starve themselves continually to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, uh, in asking for our help. That's... They shouldn't have to do that. So let's try to affect some change that can, that can help with that. 
uh, sign the petition, get involved, uh, and uh, also, yeah, just pay attention to what's what's going on right now in our communities and our societies uh, while we think about the themes that A Clockwork Orange contains and uh, smoke our weed and watch our movies. Uh, it's good to be active and aware of what we can do, and signing your name is the first step to that. So please visit and, uh, uh, yeah, get your name uh, going in this and get involved. Thank you very much. And now, back to the show. And now it's time for a segment called What Does My Mom Think? Where I ask my mom, Joan Williston, what she thinks about all this shit. What does my mom think? Okay, so hi, Mom. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing just great. How about you? I'm good. I'm very good. Now, I, I, I want to I talk to you because I know that we've, we've uh, uh, done some different games on some, some of the newer episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie that we watched today was A Clockwork Orange. Do you know what that movie's about? No. Okay. It's a, it, it's a pretty, it, it's, it's a pretty uh, drastic movie. It's a movie that I think if you found in my possession... When I was a teenager, I would get in trouble for. Okay. Um, and talking about the stuff that happens in the movie is kind of sickening. It's 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 a hard it, like it's a horror movie kind of. Mm. So I didn't really want to talk about that with you. I didn't think that that would be fun for you. It wouldn't be fun for me, and it certainly wouldn't be fun for anyone back home. So I came up with a new game. We're going to create. A, uh, uh, a a new movie called A Clockwork Orange. And you don't know what the original movie's about, right? Nope. Fantastic. So we are going to come up with a logline. Um, I'm going to explain to you what a logline is in just a second. Um, we're going to come up with an actor to portray the hero, an actor to portray the hero's lover, and an actor to portray the antagonist. Okay. <laughs> So for the log line, we need to have uh, a flawed hero who wants something, uh, but can't get it because this is in his way. So using the title A Clockwork Orange, what could a flaw that a person has that would be interesting? A flaw that a person yeah, has. Yeah, maybe they're uh, miserly, or they're vindictive, or they're vengeful, or they're conceited. Hmm. Okay, conceited. Conceited, all right. So a conceited, uh, what, what job could the hero have? Uh, a CEO of a big company big company a big company called clockwork orange oh okay sure okay great so a conceited uh a conceited worker like a office worker or a ceo you said ceo yeah uh, a conceited ceo of uh a clockwork orange incorporated um wants something that he can't have what would be something that he would want hmm uh, more money, money or love. The, the affections of uh, one of his uh, employees. Oh, that sounds dastardly. <laughs> a, okay, how about that? Yeah, a conceited CEO um, uh, desires the affections of one of his employees 
of one of his employees, uh, but something stands in his way. What could be in the way of him uh, uh, winning the affections of his employee? Um, it's just not kosher. It's not appropriate for sure, an you employee could be, like, to sued, or yeah. you could be uh, uh, arrested, or yeah, lose your job. Mm. So okay, so a conceited CEO of Clockwork Orange Incorporated uh, uh, desires to win the affections of one of his employees, um, but wants to keep his job. And so does she. <laughs> so does she. So okay, great. And so uh, uh, the conceited CEO who wants to. Uh, who uh, desires the affections can't get the wants to keep his job. So he'll have to uh, uh, promote her into a position that is above him so that he can date her in a madcap event of uh, comic proportions. <laughs> okay. That? that makes it legal if he promotes her to a higher level <laughs> sure maybe no that's, okay. okay that wouldn't work what would make it legal you have to lose your job uh uh so he uh he has he struggles with uh oh okay how about this so a conceited uh a, a conceited ceo of uh, clockwork orange incorporated desires the affections of one of his employees but wants to keep his job um uh, he struggles with uh He's uh, in the struggle to decide between his personal desires and his professional uh, uh, ambitions. He will have to make uh, a last minute call when uh, when push comes to shove. Okay. So how's that for a Clockwork Orange? Would you see that movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, who can play the hero in that? Do you? Uh, what, what actor do you do you like? Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I love it. Eddie Murphy is the CEO, and who's uh, the the employee that he desires the affections of? Uh, Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I love this movie. And who is the? Who is the antagonist who is uh, uh, forcing uh, Eddie Murphy to make a decision between his professional ambitions and his personal leanings? Uh, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Eddie Murphy, playing the conceited CEO of Clockwork Orange, <laughs> desires the affections <laughs> of Sandra Bullock, uh, but has uh, Morgan Freeman standing in his way. <laughs> oh i love that that sounds like a great movie that would be a movie i would watch with you much sooner than i would watch a clockwork orange the actual movie <laughs> so the uh the person who i did this movie with uh was uh, uh, uh an actor friend of mine named ryan brown ryan brown played farquad in shrek the musical when you came oh okay remember him 
Yeah, well, I, I remember that there was an actor. I wouldn't have been able to recognize him unless he sure. had his costume on. Yeah, if he was walking around on his knees, <laughs> on you his might knees. go, oh, I recognize that. <laughs> yeah, guy. right. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan Brown is a super charming guy. He, uh, he, he loves uh, to crack a joke. He loves telling stories. He's, he's a great one to take you out for a night at the bar because he, he really knows how to show everybody a good time. So uh, if uh, Ryan Brown invited us out, uh, to go to uh, a bar with him and he ordered a bunch of drinks and we were all sitting around and telling stories and he was you were laughing because his stories are so funny and uh, then he <laughs> um, uh, uh, pulled out a volcano vaporizer it's about this big and you turn it on and it vaporizes cannabis uh, and plugs it in and says, shh, shh, don't tell the wait, don't tell the waiters or waitresses. What would you say to him at the table of the bar? Uh, I probably wouldn't say anything to him. No, <laughs> I would just, uh, discreetly excuse myself and say that I am, I've got an appointment or I'm meeting someone or I have better things to do. No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but you absolutely would have better things to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Right. <laughs> Amazing. What would you say to me after? Um, so, Daniel, are you staying here or are you coming with me? <laughs> <laughs> That's at the time. Yeah. Uh, what would I say to you after? Oh, nothing. Again, nothing. It's, it's an adult making a choice and I sure. don't judge other people. I try not to judge other people. Um, yeah. You do a great job of that. <laughs> I think everyone can feel very welcome with you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, can you thank uh, my listeners for tuning in to, to, to listen? Thanks for joining us again today. See you next time. <laughs> uh, thanks for being on the show, Mom. You're welcome. We're going to get this A Clockwork Orange made. I know it. <laughs> We're going to pitch it. The studios are going to eat it up. <laughs> Netflix, <laughs> call us. <laughs> so, Ryan, now hey. we are at the, the last segment of the show, which is Puff or Pass. Puff or Pass. So do you puff or pass um, on a, uh, a clockwork orange? I was almost going to say a Christmas orange. And I don't think I would ever Christmas pass orange? on a Christmas orange. Like a Terry's chocolate Christmas yeah, yeah, yeah. orange? <laughs> The only scene of the movie is just banging and then the bathtub falls through the floor like in that one commercial. Um, I have to... I have to pass. Yeah. I have to pass on it. I'm happy I saw it. Uh, but like you, like we were talking about, I think it's it's not something I'm probably going to watch again. No. No. It's not a classic for me. No. I I agree. I, I, I think that there's, there's really interesting uh, ideas in this movie, like with any Kubrick movie, I think. And I think it's mm -hmm. done very well. I think Malcolm McDowell's performance in it is unbelievable. Yes. But I I it's it's just so tough to watch. It's just a really arduous experience. Yeah. And I don't get the sense that the person making me watch it and creating the images in front of me is aware of the effect of them because i think if he was and mm. that's what he was doing the violence would have been more uh less stagey 
it would have been more I totally agree. intense. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think he realized that it was going to be quite as in, intense as it was. Yeah. Or maybe he did. I don't know. I can't, I can't speak for Mr. Kubrick. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I think also a lot of the view where there are themes that are still very much relatable today, I think uh, the viewpoint of which they're told yeah. can be very triggering. And, That's right. Um, and just uncomfortable. Just really, I think the uncomfortableness doesn't outweigh the the discussion that builds around it or right. the any sort of education. Well, and I wonder, I wonder too, if people's experience. I know that the 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 book is is different than the movie. I've never read the book. Oh yeah, um, but the themes are all present in it. So I do mm-hmm. wonder if there is something in just reading about it and engaging with the ideas through that. Cause I do understand why you have to show something because he needs to be reprehensible or else we won't be challenged when the idea of uh, is curing him by torturing him. Okay. Morally. Yes. We have totally. to, we have to think that he's beyond repair. Yes. But yeah. hundred percent to use only women to, to do that is, it's just, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, very it's just tough. not uh, very tough to watch. Um, and yeah, just not sensitive at all yeah. to a lot of different people. Well, you know what? I did say before that the, the idea of prison as a, a, not a great way of healing people mm. and uh, making members of society that can function in society through a male lens there this is a pop cultural touchstone for it and i was saying that i i don't know what else could take its place but shawshank redemption deals with the idea of yeah. somebody in it i mean it's it's rather the institution of this prison um, does this to an innocent man, which I understand is a slightly different thing than this guy right. is absolutely guilty and awful, and we do this to him, and it's still wrong. Yes. But I, there's got to just be a way to engage with this very important theme in today's uh, world without depicting or using female actors to depict in a very uh, uh, lascivious way. Absolutely, they're uh, the just being used as a as a tool or as an object yeah. to tell the yeah. story, as opposed to actually seeing anything from their point of view. That's right. Um, let's see how these characters have been have been hurt. You know what yeah. I mean? Like from their point of view, right? Not Which just they, being told or shown. Yeah, the girl that he they they rape eventually dies, but we only we don't even see that happen. We just no. hear and about it like happens the later husband. On. Yeah, yeah. It happens like off screen and then the husband is really upset about it. So we really only see the pain again through a male character's experience. Totally. Like his grieving, not her loss of everything. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I agree. I would, I would pass. I think there's uh, Kubrick has a lot of really great movies and a lot of, uh, challenging movies. And I think that there's more in his oeuvre that you could check out and get just as much from, if not more. Uh, that yes. doesn't make you have to sit through this same business. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well... But I'm glad I experienced it. Yeah. So I'm, glad yeah. I, I'm glad I experienced it, yeah. Yeah, me too, me too. But I, I'm also happy to pass on it. So we both passed, mm. and this is the first time that this has happened. I've oh, only ever a had... double pass. Yeah, 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 double pass. So the question that I ask when you pass is, 
if somebody has orange cookies at their house and they were going to walk, watch a Clockwork Orange, but they listen to us and say, no, 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 I don't want to watch that. What should they watch instead, Ryan Brown? Ooh. Um, okay, well, only, I mean, I'm just saying this because uh, it's what I'm watching right now, uh-huh. but it's, um, it's a new documentary series uh, by Martin Scorsese starring um, Fran Lebowitz, and it's about her life in New York City, yeah. and, it's called, and it's called Pretend It's a City. Like, that's her tagline where, like, someone walks up to her and says, like, hey, um, do you know how to get to the bus stop? And she's like, so the first thing you want to do is pretend this is a city and just go to the bus stop. Like, she's, like, just doesn't understand why people, like, why is it so hard to find a bus stop? They're everywhere. <laughs> um anyway it's it's awesome and it, it her her perspective from from her life and in, in the world around new york city in general and is just so wonderful and funny and uh and, and engaging and i think yeah. um i think this because it has that for me anyway had that really head high um i would like i've been watching it and i think that would that would complement each other really well i think that's a great idea i think i i i haven't seen it yet but i'm i'm excited to it's great. Amazing. I, uh, I, I'm going to say uh, it's, it's a bit, it's, it's, what's, what's the name of the, the woman who directed Selma? Um, the, Selma. Oh. Uh, 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 what's um, her? I can't remember. It is, I'm just looking it up right now. It, Ava DuVernay. God, I can't believe okay. I forgot that. Ava DuVernay made a, an incredible documentary called 13th on Netflix that talks about the industrial prison system and uh, the industrial prison complex and how um, it's... About Rikers Island and stuff, right? uh, No, it's about specifically uh, uh, how uh, slavery uh, just became... Uh, packaged in a different way and how disproportionate yes. it is towards uh, uh, black individuals in the United yes, States. Yes, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fucked and really eye-opening and really telling about the problems with uh, the prison industrial complex in our society today and how we deal with people who are being convicted and policed and, and focused it's on... It's just a war on... It's a class war and yeah. it's a racial war. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah, that it was very eye-opening. Yeah, so I would say instead of uh, uh, instead of Clockwork Orange, a much better time spent uh, to watch Ava DuVernay's Thirteenth mm-hmm. on Netflix. Definitely, totally agree. Fantastic. All right, well, Ryan, where can people find you online? Um, they can find me uh, in my apartment. Um, <laughs> I am on lockdown. <laughs> no, they can uh, they can find me uh, social media. I really only use uh, Instagram, so that's sure. Ryan. Um, Rye Brown underscore. Yeah. Um, and uh, and or you can find me on TikTok. I don't post anything, but I'll like all your videos. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I I am going to be possibly starting uh, a podcast with a friend of mine. Oh, um, so we don't have a name for it yet, but it'll be posted on my Instagram, so you'll be able to find it there if you're interested. Fantastic. Well, we're going to link off to uh, that depending on when this comes out. If you've started already, we'll make sure to link off to whatever socials you've got of that on the website. And uh, amazing. Thanks for being on the show, Ryan. This was such Thank a great Thank you so much for having to get me. To talk to you. <laughs> this was really, really fun. This yeah. whole thing was, was a great, great, great time. Amazing. Okay. Take care, buddy. All right. Deuces. All right, buds. That's the episode. A fir- the first one we've had a double pass on. 
which I think is uh, very interesting. Um, uh, uh, Ryan Brown, explain to you where you can find him on Instagram at ryebrown underscore. You can follow my mom nowhere because she is not online. However, you can follow the musician who brought you the theme music today and all of the little interstitial stings, and that is JJ Thompson, my good friend. And you can find him at JJ and his dog on Instagram and uh, follow all the crazy cool stuff that he's doing uh, musically there. He's got a band called JJ the Pillars. He's got a new electronic project he's been working on called Tom Hardy, T-H-O-M Hardy. And uh, and he's, he's great. So check him out because he's a ton of fun. You can follow the podcast at Let's Bogart on both Twitter and Instagram. Give us a subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to our podcast. It helps us get the word out. And uh, we, yeah, we both passed on this movie. So uh, I, I want to hear from you all, buds. Did you do you like this movie? Do you think that there's a reason that we need to continue watching this movie and continue having generations enjoying it? Um, but uh, uh, just uh, do you think that there's a different movie that deals with these themes in uh, an equal way that doesn't involve uh, uh, all the horribleness that you have to watch to, to get to those themes? Or at least uh, is a bit more respectful of, of all genders in doing that? Let us know. Hit us up at, uh, uh, you can do it at Let's Bogart, or you can uh, chime in on www.danielwilliston.com slash let's Bogart. Love to hear from you. Is there another movie you want us to do? Is there another movie you, uh, a strain that you want us to do? Is there a, a guest who you'd love to see on the show? Uh, I'm always open to suggestions and, and we'd love to, to hear what you think. So let us know at all those places. Um, check back next Thursday because we're going to have another episode and we will, I promise, Bogart once more. Beating yeah, like if you had just had that glass of milk and yeah. then just enjoyed your trip at the bar. Oh, dude. And then went home. You got to wear Granted. your cool little costumes and go for walks. and Totally. Oh, man. Granted, that would be a very boring movie, but <laughs> but better life choices for this character, for yeah. sure. Yeah.